You're listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who've dared to say yes. Listen in to Heart to Heart Chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. Well, friends, I am so excited because this week on Walk It Out is seriously one of my favorite people. And I talk about Robin Jones Gunn all the time because as a very young woman, young mom, going to my first writer's conference, she just has been there so encouraging, such a blessing in my life. And so I'm so excited to talk to her today. We're going to be talking about her new book, Preparing Your Daughter for Womanhood. And if you aren't familiar, which I don't know how you cannot be familiar, uh, Robin has written more than 100 books, including the Christy Miller series. Um, her book sales have topped over 6 million copies. Also, her best-selling Finding Father Christmas novels have been adopted into three movies. I'm sure we're going to have some time to talk about that today, too. Um, but Robin and her husband have two grown children and beautiful, beautiful grandchildren, and they live in Hawaii. So welcome, Robin. Oh, Trisha, it's so good to be able to just catch up with you. And I mean, if other people want to listen in to our conversation, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. And I mean, you just have been such a just a wonderful mentor over the years. And, you know, Rachel, your daughter Rachel is older than my daughter Leslie, and I've always felt like I've always been looking ahead to see, well, how's she handling this? How's she handling yeah. that? And I know I've had just a blessing to get that peek into your life for so many years. And I love that you've continued to, you know, of course, write amazing novels and inspire young women and women. But now I love how you continue to mentor mamas and how to just be there for our daughters and and raise them in gentle ways. So tell me a little bit about why you wanted to write this book, Preparing Your Daughter for Womanhood. Because I was hearing from so many moms who grew up reading the Christy Miller series and now their mom, they are mom. I mean, you fall in that category too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> teenagers being mentored and then now they're saying, I still need some mentoring, Mama Robin, where are you? Yes. <laughs> and so I felt like I am answering the same questions over and over in so many emails. And I put up, like you often do this too, I put up a notice on social media and said, what happened for you when you were becoming a woman and before you had your first period and like, what was your journey like? And then I also asked if you have a daughter who's in that age bracket, maybe eight, nine, 10, she's, she's just about to become a woman. And what are you doing for her? And I invited people to respond privately but I did not expect the response. So my mm. was overflowing and I took time to print out every response and prayerfully sit and read them and take notes. And here's the thing, Tricia, 80% of those responses said my experience was horrible, embarrassing, mm -hmm. traumatizing. And now I'm terrified because I have no idea what to do to change that for my daughter. And so then it was just, this was about two years ago when during a quiet time, I said, Lord, what, what do you want me to write next? And it was a book for those moms. I was like, really? Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> There's so many novels I could come up with. <laughs> no, I'd rather hide behind characters than actually tell my story or be, you know, just having these hopeful endings to my novels and movies. But then I realized that's what I need to give to this mm -hmm. generation of moms. Here's your hopeful story. Here's your happy ending. Here's what you can do. And I went to work on the book and was 
just, I, I had to just really spend time with the Lord to get my heart cleared from stuff in my past and relationship with my mom so that I could write what would be helpful. And in the end, you know, my daughter was like, this is the book that has been needed for so long. And she, she like verifies that it changed in her generation. Yeah. What I did for her changed how she viewed her body and the gift of that God had given her of being a woman. So that was the motivation for it. And it just came out a few weeks ago. And I love the responses I'm getting already from tearful moms saying, thank you. I needed help. <laughs> yes, I love it so much. And I'm so glad you brought up, um, you know, just sitting and getting quiet with God about your own experiences. Because I'm when I'm writing notes of what I want to ask you, I'm like, I want to go there first. Because I think so many times, you know, we thought, oh, these are these wonderful little things we could do with our daughters. But then there's this brokenness inside or maybe hard stuff from our past. And maybe um, we didn't have a great experience. And it's hard, you know, trying to figure out what to do with our daughters when we're carrying so much baggage. And I remember for me, I mean, I, when I started my period, I think I heard about it in school. I went and woke my mom up and asked her for some change so I could buy a pad at school. And she's like, oh, and she's like, that was our whole thing. I went, I bought a pad at school and I think she went and bought me some stuff at the store, but it wasn't like, that was it. Like, hey, mom, I need some money. I started my period. Um, and But just even like being sexually active at a young age and a teen mom, all this stuff is like baggage. And then you have to sit down with your daughters and have these conversations and try to talk about, you know, purity and beauty <laughs> when there's often so much going on. So let's talk about that first. Maybe right. I think because moms are unsure of how to start the conversation because we often feel there's so much going on inside us. Um, like, what if she asks questions and what I don't know what to say and all those things. Yeah, and that's part of what I broke down early on in the book. When Mm -hmm. I first wrote it, I started with, here's my story. I was 10. I thought I was dying. I went to my mother and she said, get a Band-Aid. And it was like, that's my story is not unusual. Your story is not unusual, especially in previous generations. Mm -hmm. But then as I was structuring the book, I realized, No, let's dig into where the readers are at Mm -hmm. so that they can have that sense of, okay, I can do this. It doesn't matter how difficult my experience was. Here's how I'm going to change my thinking so that I can connect with my daughter. And then the last part of the book was when I broke down. Here was my experience. Here's how I healed up from that. The beauty of getting older is you've you get a little wisdom, you get a little perspective, and you don't have that when you're in your 30s and 40s. So let me just tell you how to start changing your perspective so that you see where you're at right now. And it worked really well that way in the book, because what I needed moms to understand at the very beginning is that this is a holy opportunity Mm -hmm. to, to enter into your daughter's life. And to be the one who tells her it's a mystery and a marvel to be a woman because God created you this way. And I want to be the one to welcome you to womanhood and to see that as a like a privilege. And uh, if, if, if they don't hear it from you, they'll hear it from another source, because here's what happens if the daughter does not feel that she has that bridge in place where the mom came to her and said, I want you to always feel free to come to me. I'm going to make the effort, even if I'm embarrassed, even if my answers to you are, I don't know. where (laughs) Let's find a book and figure out all these, you know, body things, but that there could be a, an openness that's established at as early as eight, nine, ten years old, so that that daughter says, my mom's the one. I am confused. I can go to her. I have questions. I can go to her. I realized how much I lost in that teen season, and you could really speak to this, Trisha, because I didn't have any bridges to my mom. She did not make any toward mm-hmm. me. So when I had my first kiss, I'm not going to tell her. Right. When I have all my other questions or confusion or my friends say things that I didn't even know existed. I'm not I'm not going to go to her. 
I'm going to go to other sources. Those sources became my database and my, you know, these, these are the voices I listen to. And it, it damaged my relationship with my mom from then on because she, she was not my go-to person. So for a mom to say, I want to have a relationship with my daughter, my daughters, the rest of their lives. And so I'm going to focus on them and what's important to them and their love language and the way they communicate. And I'm going to go to them and make this a sacred moment. Because here's the thing, and this, this is so crazy how our culture is. We, wow, we do a really good job for uh, birthdays and mm-hmm. for uh, bridal showers. You're going to enter into a holy covenant of marriage. Let's celebrate you. We do that well. You're going to have a baby, sanctity of life. We're going to celebrate that big, big party. But your body is changing and you're going to become a woman. <laughs> And we don't talk about it? (laughs) Nothing except the transmitted message of shame. And Mm -hmm. that's what has to be eliminated. Yeah. And I I think so many times um, moms are unsure of what to say. And like you're saying, when we don't say anything, then the girls think like, oh, I shouldn't talk about this. I don't want to bring this up. And I have noticed, um, you know, just I have seven daughters. The more (laughs) I get around girls, um, just those conversations become easier just because I've had them before. So we can have these conversations. And when I talk about things like, and then we're like, mom, stop. I'm like, it's okay. You know, and and just make it more comfortable um, for them. And then later when they're like, Oh, this is going on with my body and this is normal. Like just a couple days ago, one of my teenagers came like, this is going on. And I was able to talk about it. And you know, when you start opening the conversations, even though it is uncomfortable, um, you you open I love that you become the one where they can come to they can talk about uncomfortable topics they can share what's going on or maybe I've even had kids like I heard this and I'm like well let me clarify that because (laughs) that is not whatever um because they will hear stuff they you know as much as even we try to protect them they're going to see something on youtube or something so i mean they're going to hear stuff from the neighbor down the street but we want to be the one and i love when we start when they're young just being the one to make it a celebration help them understand their bodies are wonderful and a mystery and all these things it does help through all those years and the teen years are hard enough um you know so when you're you know when they're open and have their hearts open when they're eight nine ten like you said it does make it easier for them to come with us when they're to us when they're 14 15 16 um, because we have those levels of conversation already there. Exactly. And you think and, about other cultures around the world, there are definite rite of passage, coming of age, traditions and families. Our Western culture just doesn't have that in place typically. And so it's up to us to figure out how to do that on whatever level is going to be most nurturing to our daughters. Mm-hmm, Some daughters mm-hmm. would be mortified if anybody else in the family knew she's a start period. And you know, that whereas in some cultures they have a red cake and everybody at the table knows this is what's going on with this daughter and they give her presents, you know, but that we have a way to pay attention to each individual heart and say, she would love a picnic and a quiet conversation with everybody else away. That's what I'm gonna do for her. Or this daughter really loves to go shopping. We're gonna, we're, I'm gonna have this little, okay, before we go shopping, I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen with your body. Now let's go online and look at all the options and see what we wanna order. And then when it comes, we'll open the box together and you can try things on before you need it. So it's yeah. like all preparing your daughter for womanhood. Hey, there's a title of a book. So that, <laughs> So that you have entered in so that that she doesn't have get she doesn't get stuck in the place you did or I did where it's so much fear and embarrassment to the point where you finally have to tell someone I I need help. My body's doing something I don't understand and I, I don't have the supplies I need to deal with it. That's a mm-hmm. terrible place. But again, 80% of those women, the stories just, I cried over so many of them that what they had to go through in order to, to get themselves the 
equipment they needed. I yeah. Mean, because some of them even with such extreme cramping, there was one that had um, really a, a medical condition, but couldn't even tell her mom when she finally got to the doctor, he was going, how long has this been going on? Like we could have done an intervention that would have helped this. You didn't have pain for so many months. And she, she just didn't know because she told her mom, finally and then she was like i mean i really have cramps and it's like well of course you do it's the curse you just get over it it's like she needed medical help but she couldn't even express that Hmm. so that's the mom's responsibility to go tell me what you're feeling how does it and that it can be comfortable on the mom's end as as ill-equipped as she might feel that she's doing a good service to make her daughter feel comfortable Yeah. And just to affirm that, yes, you, I mean, our bodies grow differently and all of a sudden we're lumpy and (laughs) there's so much going on and it's okay. We've had these conversations like, yes, your clothes are going to fit differently. Let's work on the, you know, let's help you and um, let's go buy, you know, the bras that you need or whatever, but it's okay. And you talk about, you know, the truths and affirmations that you're speaking will speak will settle into your daughter's heart. And so, you know, it's just, you want to continue to remind them how special and beautiful and affirm them even through changes, because that's what's going to carry them when they're older. They're going to hear their mom like, it's okay. Like everyone goes through this and let me help you. And that's the words we want to be replaying in our daughter's minds instead of, you know, I'm uncomfortable and I don't fit in and something's wrong with me. Like we want our calming words to carry with them into adulthood. Exactly. One of the chapters is called normalizing respect. Mm. And it's right in the middle of the book because it's so important for moms to be that voice to say, no, no one should treat you like that. No one Mm -hmm. should say that to you. And, and, how much our daughters look and listen to us if we're in the dressing room going, oh, I hate this part of my body, or they pick that up so that if we are learning to normalize respect for our own bodies, our own cycles, our own uh, act, like understanding of how God made us, and we transfer that to them instead of it being so negative, but that we find the, the positive things in their body and in their personality and those things. And we normalize that they should respect themselves mm-hmm. so that we can go deeper in that next part of the conversation of no one should touch you here. This is and be to be that face that she looks at when she hears those words so that she can stand up for herself in a situation instead of like, I don't know, is this normal? Am I supposed to let him do that? Or, you know, it's, it's a mom's kuleana is the Hawaiian word. It's it's like kuleana is a responsibility, but it's because the person who's taking, carrying out that responsibility is doing it in love rather than seeing it as a task. Okay. It's my job to be a mom no 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 it's your kuleana it's your it's a beautiful gift that you have to give and when you frame it that way you can go into these conversations as terrified as you want to be of going man I did not do well in my teen years I don't know what questions she's going to ask I really don't know how to answer things if she gets really deep into this but you do it scared right you go in and you say I want to welcome you to womanhood. This is what's going to happen. Here's how your body's going to change. And in the book, I give some suggestions of how to start that conversation, how to ease into it, how to be able to, you to have the freedom to say, great question. I don't know. Let's, I'll find out and I'll come back to you so you can keep the conversation going. Yeah, that's so good. I love one of the quotes that you had that I wrote down is, um, life doesn't come with a manual, it comes with a mother. And I'm like, oh, that is so good. <laughs> I love that so much that, you know, that we are there. And it's, it's, it's a privilege to be able to share these experiences with our daughters. And for me, it was because we adopted some uh, 
11, 13, 13, and 15 with some of our girls, they had already seen a lot of bad. And even yeah. some of the things that we would say is wrong, it was considered normal to them. And so they'd have conversations about this uncle said this, or this person did this, or this person treated me like this when I was a kid. And I'm like, that's not okay. And I'd have to like not undo even some of the negative things um, because the world out there and the way people talk to young women and treat young women, there is a lot of negativity and just reshaping um, even their thoughts on what their body is, is for. You know, it's, it's a beautiful gift for your husband. And no, people in your life should not have been making comments like that to you when you were younger. So just just these conversations, um, I've had to do a lot of reshifting and reshaping on their thoughts because the world will t- teach them all types of wrong things. Yeah. Well, that's a really good point, too, because I, I realized when I was doing the research with moms that there were moms of 18 years, 18 year olds who were saying, eh, it's too late for me. But there's a whole chapter again about mm-hmm. you enter in now and yeah. here's, here's suggestions on how to do some do overs or how to even very humbly say, you know what? I wish I had been there. I wish I had been able to say something. I, I apologize to you that I wasn't able to enter in more when you were 10 you're 18 now but this is what i want to tell you now god made you you are extraordinary and beautiful and i love you and just those just that affirmation we don't none of us get enough affirmation but to have your mother who you hear a lot more things did you do your homework go pick up your socks who did you know are your chores done like to change the conversation so that there's this set apart time it's not in the car when everybody else is in the back seat making noise it's like <laughs> you're just going okay i only have eyes for you i'm looking you in the eyes and i'm telling you you are incredible and i admire everything that you have been working like all those kinds of things that feed the soul and for a mother to pause and give that to her daughter and then to include in that your body is wonderfully made here's psalm 139 i want to read this part to you this is how god sees you and to let that be a restart here's a new foundation and there was one example in the story uh, in the book of um a mom who was so terrified to do that, but she she met her daughter at um, a coffee shop at uh, four o'clock on a Friday because her daughter always liked to go for coffee. And they slowly started, it was like on the daughter's territory with her giving advice on what kind of coffee the mom should order with coconut milk or something, you know. Yeah. And it was like this bridge was built and she said that had been several years ago but the result is they have a completely different relationship now that her daughter's in her 20s than they had all through her teen years. So it's re- everything's redeemable. But moms, you got to get start. You got to step up. All moms have to just see this as it can't just slide by me. I need to enter in and can make that connection and that bridge. Yeah. And I think I love that message of it's never too late. It's never too late to start these conversations to say, you know, I, um, you know, what questions do you have that you wish you could have asked me? I'm, you know, I'm open. I mean, put it in their court and, and I love, I love that being on her turf, like (laughs) in the coffee shop, that's the daughter's turf, but it is never too late. And I would say, um, you know, even now with an adult daughter, I feel like, Leslie and I have wonderful conversations um, because, you know, now that she's a mom, that maybe she thought, oh, mom, you're just getting on me about this and that. But now she's like, well, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? But you if you want those relationships with your adult daughters, you need to you know, be present. And I love how you talk about speaking their language. And, mm-hmm. you know, so they they think differently. They feel differently. So I, I mean, with all my daughters are completely some would just love a little quiet moment. Some want to be on the go. Let's go for a walk and let's talk about things you know they're completely different so it doesn't have to be one set way but looking to see what would your daughter appreciate what would make her comfortable what is her comfort zone or safe zone and then connect with them there 
Because when we realize that if we are not that voice, if we are not the ones giving that affirmation, it's a human need. She will mm-hmm. go elsewhere. And we, it, we, we can see in life after life the repercussions of when our daughters go elsewhere for affirmation and to belong and to be valued. So the most powerful thing a mom can do is to give that affirmation to her at home and within the safety and the haven of their relationship. It's, it's just a, um, it's fear that keeps moms from Mm -hmm. doing that. Mm -hmm. And the intimidation, like my daughter runs the show here. She's like the, the Shakespeare, I forgot the quote exactly, but it's like the the budding rose that's just opening up and then the mother feels like she's the rose that all the petals are falling off. <laughs> so we go to the grocery store and people used to look at me and say I had pretty hair and now they don't even look at me. They just tell my daughter how she has beautiful eyes, you know. <laughs> it's like we have to be living within our age and our getting our hearts healed and getting our hearts right with the Lord so that we can give on to the next generation and they can be stronger and Mm. equipped than we ever were. Yeah. All right. So I want to hear about some of those special moments that like what you've done and I love other stories from other moms and daughters, but share some of some, some examples so that we can know and get ideas of what we can do to have these special set apart moments with our daughters. Well, I'll tell you about what happened with me when my daughter Rachel was 10. And Trisha, you already know this because we were friends back then. Yeah. We were talking about back then. But um, Rachel really loved tea parties and dressing up and music and dance and interpretive sign language. She's really good at sign language. So I knew that for her, it would be of high value to have a tea party on a Friday afternoon when my husband and son were gone and we had the house to ourselves. I had given Rachel an invitation the night before. I put it on her pillow. You are invited to a special party four o'clock tomorrow in the living room. And so it was a little surprise. I went to the bakery. I got a little cake. I had a little gift bag for her with panty liners and body spray and lip gloss and just some other chocolate, (laughs) just other little feminine sweet things and tissue paper coming out the top and it was January I had the fire in the fireplace and the music going and we had teacups and our favorite teapot and you know it's just it was her love language 100% and so four o'clock I hear her bedroom door open and she comes down the stairs and she's she's wearing the um, um, bridesmaid dress that I wore in my sister's wedding that Rachel always loved because it's kind of a Cinderella floaty kind of and she comes down the stairs dressed for this tea party it's just so so sweet she's 10 years old and she's ready to enter womanhood so we, she says what is this party for and I said I wanted to celebrate you because I want to tell you some of the secrets of womanhood your body is going to change mm. I wanted to be the first one to to tell you what's going to happen and I read Psalm 139 about how that we you know I was created in my mother's womb and I put my hand on my abdomen and said you know this is this is where a woman's womb is located it was just very natural just very um gentle and mm-hmm. so he, and I explained how her body was made to nurture and bear new life and to have a baby when a mother and father when the mom and the dad the husband and the wife come together and that that's a miracle that God did and that's all I said I didn't have to go into all that part of it yet because she was still just kind of like wait I have eggs inside me or yeah (laughs) I think so many times we worry that we have to explain everything all at once (laughs) no it's just like how big is the womb how we're like exactly here or is it higher or you know she was just fascinated with what was inside her body she couldn't see and then to say that 
soon she would start to have this flow because there's not a baby there growing. And so it would be a natural cycle. And every month that would happen. And God designed her that way so that one day she could have perhaps the gift that I had, which I gave birth to her. And what a gift that was. And if I hadn't had these cycles every month, my body would not be prepared to do that. So it was a really gentle, full circle process. And she wanted to dance to the music. She wanted to open the gift bag. She wanted to like try on the panty liners. And it was just all so much fun and celebration. And then that was, that was plenty. That was right. plenty. But then the conversation had started. So I, I like to tell moms, because I've been doing more speaking on this topic now, but I like to tell them you're not having quote, the talk, right? You're just you're starting the conversation and there's complete freedom. Even if they ask really complicated things, if you go, that's a great question. And I would like to have that conversation in a couple of days, but, and, and that gives me a chance to run. I did this too with Rachel. It's like, I, I need to get a book that has like anatomically correct drawings. So <laughs> yeah. And I didn't bring that to the party, so we had to go find a book, you know. But to be able to say, I'm open to talk about all of this, but if it's in increments, so much the better. It tells your daughter that there's this peace and space and beauty in the whole conversation because it's a conversation. It's not one and done. There it is. Any questions? Okay, good. Let's never talk about this again. Right. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's opening yeah. it up. You're opening it up. You're starting the conversation. And, and then, you know, their little minds work. It might be a week later. It might be two months later. They'll say, well, what about this? And then you could talk about that next thing, that next part without having it, you know, so much as they're able to understand it, as they're interested. I think sometimes we do. We worry too much about they're going to ask everything all at once and or we have to tell too much. And no, I love how you talk about just gentle. It's gentle <laughs> conversations. And because, look, Tricia, wouldn't you and I have loved to have had someone that we could have gone to and felt that secure? Yeah. I, that's the thing. If it's not the mom, perhaps it could be an older sister, an auntie. It could be a mentor. But that's the thing, too, for this book, that it is all the principles in it are helpful, even for a youth leader or mentor or counselor to say, okay, this is how I can enter into the life of this young girl who I know she's not going to have that affirmation and support in her family structure. And I'm not going to go to her mom and demand it because her mom's not able to do that right now. But I can be that person to look this young girl in the eye and say, I'm here for you. I want to I'm a woman and I want to welcome you to womanhood. Your body will be changing. And, you know, just that, just that preparation, just so that girl feels like, oh, okay, I'm not terrified. I have somebody I can go to. That's mm. such a gift. Such yeah, a gift. And I love that. And I love even people thinking, um, you know, maybe they don't have daughters, maybe they have sons, but if they know someone or if there's a young woman in the neighborhood, you know, that, you know, doesn't have a, a strong or even a mother around. And I'm thinking of my girls in foster care, um, you know, they were at different places, but there was key people that, that poured into their lives, a school teacher, you know, someone yeah. from the children's home they lived into that had conversations, which I'm so thankful because I wasn't there. Um, so just, you know, even if you're thinking, okay, my daughter's grown or I don't have a daughter, I mean, pray and you can ask like, who in my life can I be that encouragement to? Because I mean, you were that encouragement to me. You were as an older mom, even to a younger mom and how to raise a daughter and stuff. I mean, I think there's always people out there that need affirmation. So whether it's your daughter or a, a young woman in your life, just think about who you can be there to love and support and open conversation with. Well, and I've also wrote in the book how this one church group planned for all the fifth grade girls this it was I think the title they called it something like girls are amazing party <laughs> and it was a sleepover at church and they had different speakers come in and they had gift bags for the girls and they had just this again normalizing this is this is what it is to to 
be a young woman and let's talk about shaving our legs and here's how you can tell when it's time to use deodorant and here's all the different kinds that we recommend and you know just made it really fun and had a chef come in for breakfast and teach him how to make smoothies that were healthy and stuff and then the all the the women that organized it at the church said we really really pressed for the moms then to follow up it wasn't Mm -hmm. like here i got my daughter off and some people with this book they're like great i'm gonna buy it for my daughter and leave it in her bedroom no no. no no no, it's for you it's for you to get take those 20 steps to get into your daughter's bedroom and sit on the side of her bed and be the one to you know tell but with this event that the the church was doing what a gift it became over the years that they'd been doing it for those girls who didn't have that support at home yeah. they had a community of women older peers it was it was just like when she was telling me there were like three or four of them that told me they did that at their churches or just at their homes with smaller groups I was like, that's, that's brilliant. I never even heard of anybody in my generation doing that. Mm-hmm. And that was so sweet was when Rachel was, I think she was just beginning middle school and um, we'd had our little tea party and everything. And her friend at lunch was confiding in Rachel saying, I, I have, I need more Kleenex and trying to explain to Rachel what was going on. And Rachel goes, Oh, well, let's go to the nurse. Cause she has stuff that you need. And they're walking together to the nurse's office. And Rachel goes, did your, didn't your mom have your welcome to womanhood party? Yet? <laughs> oh my goodness. And I was like, my what? <laughs> and Rachel came home. She goes, I thought every mom did that. Like, no, I wish every mom would because, and then Rachel had another young girl that she had been doing a little Bible study with and knew the family situation. And this girl would not get any affirmation in her mm. home. So Rachel set up this indoor picnic on a blanket in her bedroom and invited this young girl over, wrote a little invitation, everything. And, and was like the big sister saying, here's your little gift bag. Here's what's going to happen. Ask me any questions. And it, it just cemented their sweet friendship for years because she could be to that young girl what there was, there was no one else in that girl's life to be that go-to person. Mm, I love that so much. That's so encouraging. And I'm just reading through it. I mean, yes, I have all these girls around the house. I'm like, okay, I do. It just reminded me, I do need to set up those special moments individually because it's easy to like, come on, girls, let's go do this. Let's go do that. Um, So it's given me a lot of encouragement, which I appreciate, Robin. Well, and here's the thing, Tricia, it can be so simple. One mom told me that she'd never taken her daughter for a pedicure, but they Mm. went for a pedicure and were all girly. And then they sat in the car with, um, they got something to eat or drink and they sat in the car afterwards. And the mom just said, I want to tell you that when I was your age, I started my period and this is what happened. I know you know about it from school, but I I was really afraid because I didn't know what was happening, but I, I want you, and it was, it was very natural, but it was coupled with this very uh, sweet gesture of let's just you and I, let's just go get our pedicures and be girly. And, yeah. and that was all that's yeah. as simple as that, or it could be a whole weekend away at a hotel and, <laughs> you know, movies. I don't know. It can be whatever you oh. know that in your heart, it's going to be sincere and it's going to be a gift so you, you see it as a gift that you're giving to that girl. I love that so much. Oh, so good. Okay. So again, the, the title of the book is Preparing Your Daughter for Womanhood, A Guide for Moms. And it's I know it's on Amazon. And Robin, it's on your website also. Yes. ChristyMillerShop.com. Awesome. And but before we go, I want to hear more about the Father Christmas because there's even more exciting stuff happening all the time with that. I know. Well, Hallmark made three Christmas movies that were uh, inspired by the, my mm-hmm. Father Christmas novels, which uh, Finding Father Christmas was the first movie, Engaging Father Christmas and marrying Father Christmas. So those came out in, uh, let's see, 
2016, 17, 18. Last year, no movie. But this year, (laughs) (laughs) so it's going to be December 12th. And the movie is called uh, Glenbrook Christmas. And it's it's inspired by, I can't say based on, because, you know, movie scripts right. change. It's inspired by Secrets, which is the first book in the Glenbrook series with Kyle and Jessica. It's a love story, of course. Hallmark, love story, of course. And um, I've had such great uh, connections with the actors. It's Autumn Reeser, who's wonderful. I really like her in a lot of the other Hallmark movies she's been in, and Antonio Cupo, and he's just great. The two of them have been in movies together before on Hallmark. Uh, th- let's see, two years ago, it was a Thanksgiving Oh, dear. A Thanksgiving parade, maybe. But they have been sending me pictures from when they were on set and giving little updates. And I think it's going to be a real, a real sweet movie. I, Tricia, you know how this whole process, I I think I signed the first round of paperwork six years ago for England. And it's changed, and there have been three scriptwriters, and it wasn't going to happen, and then it was, and then it wasn't again. And now it's all coming together, and I am going to be like everybody else on December 12th. I'm going to watch it for the first time. Oh, my goodness. You have to wait till December 12th? (laughs) That's terrifying. Not terrifying, but it's just like the the anticipation. That's what it is. Like, oh, I want to see it. I want to see it. I want to see it. So, um, but it's real because it's on IMBD. It says a Glenba Christmas 2020 based on the book by Robin Jones Gunn. (laughs) These guys are up against so much on set now with all of the restrictions and all of the extra precautions they have to take. So it's amazing that they were able to pull this off and we'll have it on the air December 12th. Wow. So exciting. I love it. And I just love just how God works. And you were writing the Glenbrook books when I first met you, I believe. Yeah. And it's just, you helped me. You gave feedback. You read early versions. I and- did. <laughs> I love it. I just love how God works. It's like always, always exceedingly more than we ever ask for or imagine. And, you know, just taking these steps of faith, we never know where he's going to lead. And suddenly it's like, oh, wow, there's movies, there's this, there's that. And, you know, and what I appreciate about you, Robin, is just your faithfulness with whatever God asks you to do. You're just faithful. It's not like you were out to pursue, you know, this or that, but you're just faithful. And I just always appreciate that. And I think the, uh, that's, um, I don't even feel like saying thank you, but I feel like that, I want to say that, that makes my heart happy mm-hmm. because that's what it's all about, right? To mm-hmm. decide, go into all the world and make disciples and that the way we do that through teaching. So you and I both, Trisha, writing a book together, praying for your future husband, all the responses over the years of that teaching of how to pray and how to trust God for your future and to be making disciples of these readers through what you do, what I do. And yet what happens is that it's really the people. So the relationship you and I have been able to share all these years or the the relationship I now have with these actors and the producers. And I, I was texting them while they were on set and saying, okay, you guys know, I pray for you every morning. I pray that you'll be safe and I pray that God will bless you. And and they're texting back like, who does that? (laughs) (laughs) I want to, I want to share the love of Christ wherever I go. We're ambassadors. Mm-hmm. So I can't go on set this time, but I can pray for you guys and let you know that even if it's the most foreign thing to your ears, it's that's normal to be where my heart's at. And so anyways, I just, what you had just said, Trish, I feel like that's the camaraderie that you and I have always shared for all mm-hmm. these many years of we have that same vision like this is what really matters so we want to love people with our whole heart because that's what jesus told us to do what that looks like changes with every book every season every you know new person you bring into your family yes exactly (laughs) it's unexpected but it's very rich 
Yeah. And I'm so glad you brought up praying for your future husband because I want to mention that. And then I just get off on all these other things. But I love and I know you love we get tagged like an Instagram regularly from young women. And that that book came. What year did it come out? I mean, it's been 15 years. (laughs) Um, And it's just out there. And I just love so the young women that are probably reading it now were toddlers (laughs) toddlers <laughs> uh, yeah and I know my girls also it's so sweet so um Florentina's just turned 16 and so she's reading it so you know I always have extra copies on my shelf and you know when you're ready to read this like you know and um I saw hers the other day it is there's sticky notes and there's underline and there she has a journal with it and I'm like oh my goodness like when Robin and I were working on this book I didn't even know that we would be adopting all these girls and that um you know so just to see it again like she's carrying around and you know I mean it's not even like she's doing it to show me like look mom you know it's it's just so cool so I love how God does that I know. And it feels like when you and I knew we were supposed to write Praying for Your Future Husband, even though we were saying we're not really experts in this, but we but we can say we prayed and God answered. Mm-hmm. So let's get into scripture and see what the foundational principles are about praying. And you and I both learned so much writing the book. It's the same thing with preparing your daughter for womanhood. Yeah. Like I am not an expert in this. I had a like a relationship altering experience with my daughter and it changed the trajectory of the women in our generation, you know, in our culture and our family history. And it had a lot of power for my relationship with my daughter. So I could talk about that, but then we did the same thing with praying for your future husband, like everybody out there, tell us your stories. And we learned so much in that kind of community conversation. Yeah. And, yeah. And I love that's what I mean. Yeah, I love that when we sit down, it's not just my thoughts or your thoughts. It's like, come on, wise people help us with this. Well, how did God use you? And what scripture, you know, inspired you or helps you? And I think that's what that's what it's about. Oh, and I think because of that, I mean, I love the, the ripple effect that now these people that were toddlers are now reading these books and um, I'm sure like Christy Miller like your first readers now have teen daughters I mean that's just amazing it is very amazing and I still get so much mail from 12 year old girls saying I just read the Christy Miller books they're my favorite books and I'm thinking they were written when your mom was a toddler (laughs) (laughs) how could these yeah. being so relevant, but it's the stories about that coming of age mm-hmm. for a girl to figure out who she is, and that never changes. And <sighs> so, in that sense, that's why preparing your daughter for womanhood felt like, well, it's all within what I love to talk about and to yeah. give those tools to young women so they see how much God loves them. And so, yeah, Christy Miller continues to to sell we have been in conversations negotiations with producers for a long time for <laughs> and just uh, who knows maybe yeah. one day we'll have we'll see christy and todd on the screen it will be a happy day um but i it's it's going to be a god thing when it happens because this oh, yeah. is getting more and more complicated in this whole industry so yeah all of it's a yeah. god thing all of it's a god thing yeah, you know you've been up and down the oh, roller coaster yeah we we thought we were going to be having something on the screen by next year and then no 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 so oh, yeah know. but but when it does happen that just shows that god was for sure in it yes Yes. Well, Robin, I have just loved this conversation with you. Like always, again, the book is Preparing Your Daughter for Womanhood, A Guide for Moms. And we're going to have all the links in the show notes to all everything Robin. So we'll make sure we'll have it in there. But thank you, Robin, so much for being here today. Oh, my friend, I love you to pieces. And thank you so much for setting up this time. It's just makes my heart very happy. Yes. And I'm so glad all these other people got to listen in while we just just have this great conversation. <laughs> oh. 
Okay, now you know why Robin Jenskin has been such a wonderful influence in my life. She is so encouraging and inspiring, and I love how she really focuses on taking moments that maybe we will will slip by unnoticed or with not the right type of attention and turns them into celebrations for our daughters and for our kids. She has been encouraging to me and I know that you will just be inspired as you read Preparing Your Daughter for Womanhood. Now, a couple things that I love that Robin said is that we really need to be intentional and be grateful for this celebration of our daughters and to make a a sacred fuss over them. And thinking back, I can't even imagine how I would have felt if that same type of purposeful intention had been made in my life. Would it have changed things? Yeah, I probably think so. I think that So many times I heard messages from other people, from the media, from movies that I probably shouldn't have been watching instead of really having those heart to heart talks with my mom. And it really makes me think about how I can be intentional with my kids. And so as you um, just think about your daughters or maybe those that you have influence. Maybe it's not your physical daughter, but maybe someone that you know, a young woman that you know, and think about how you can remind this young woman how special he is, she is, how everything um, can be beautiful and honoring to God in her life. And I think when we speak these messages, when we share these truths, then so much will change in the lives of the young women around us. And I know I am encouraged and inspired. So today's walk it out verse is Proverbs 31 10. She is more precious than rubies. And I think about this in smiles. I think about all the young women in my life and how I just need to remind myself to encourage my daughters to create these sacred moments and to remind my daughters that they are more precious than rubies. So let me pray for us. Dear Lord, I just thank you so much for Robin and her encouragement. I pray for her um, just in the upcoming months and years that she will encourage other moms to make these sacred moments for their daughters. I um, just, I'm so thankful for this book and how she continually speaks into my life. Lord, I pray for every listener and the young women that are in their lives, whether they're physically their daughters, whether there's friendships through church and neighborhoods. And I pray that all of us will figure out how to create these special sacred moments. And I know it gets so easy to get caught up in the business of life, Lord. I pray that you will just prick our hearts and turn our attention towards these young women that need us to slow down, to do things differently, to really focus on being positive examples of um, just how to celebrate womanhood in these lives of these young women. And I pray for every one of us that we will do a better job at this. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in to Walk It Out. As always, you can find out more information at the Walk It Out podcast.com and there you will find the show notes and links to everything that we talk about in the episodes. There are also graphics that we create every week that would be awesome for you to share on Pinterest or on your social media and just point people back to the podcast. We always appreciate that. And I pray friend that you will have a wonderful week. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.